Hello and welcome to a special edition of the LCU Coaches Show presented by the Shap Radio Sports Network and the LCU Podcast. I'm Brendan Riker alongside Nathan Carcino and today we are bringing you the winter edition of the preseason special. Basketball season is upon us and it's time to talk hoops with LCU head men's basketball coach Todd Duncan. Coach, how are you today? Good morning, gentlemen. Doing great. Awesome. Now, Coach, it seemed just like yesterday. It was basketball season in the end of basketball season, and now we are days away from the start of another season. So how's the off season for you? Did you get much rest or was it already, you know, you know, back in early or late March that you're working towards this season? Yeah, I think there's ebbs and flows of the year. And uh, right when the season's over, you kind of want to take a breath, but then you've kind of you really need to be looking towards next year. And it, and in some degree, you're doing that even during the season. You're thinking about, because you're recruiting, you're kind of thinking about your positions. You're evaluating who's playing well, um, who's struggling, kind of what changes need to be made, et cetera. Um, so last year was a mixed emotions at the end because we lose Rowan and Russ, um, a couple other guys that were graduating, moving on. And, uh, you know, there's really no time to – to sit there and and uh, either celebrate or or bemoan what just happened, whatever it is, you just have to really get back uh, in the saddle and and get to work because uh, as you as we sit here today, the season's going to be upon you, and um, it's important to be prepared. And I think we've done a good job of that. I mean, you never know; it's, every year is a little bit of a mystery. This time of year, you kind of think you think you know, but until the ball gets tossed, uh, um, that's really when you find out kind of where you are and, and what you have. So uh, there is excitement. I'm glad we still have a few more days to, to hone in and develop a few more areas and get better. But uh, it's exciting. Love my team. Love the opportunities that we have this year. And, and hopefully we'll take advantage of them. Quick, quickly looking back at last season, Chaps went 19 and 12. 14 and 8 in conference play and were South Central Regional quarterfinalists. The team battled adversity all season long through uh, injuries in a grueling conference slate. And the end result was the program's third straight NCAA tournament appearance. What made that team special and what did it mean for this program to see a third straight NCAA tournament? I think what was so um, enjoyable about it is. Th- the previous two years, we had won the league. We had had so many high-level guys that had left, had graduated, and uh, only returned, you know, I think maybe one starter from the previous year in Rowan. And, uh, you know, this is a tough league, top to bottom. I think at one point last year, our schedule was, our strength of schedule was ranked number one in the country. So that obviously indicates that we were playing, you know, quality teams which we've always tried to do. And I think at the end it paid off because even if you um, lose some of those games, their their quality in terms of how they affect your um, regional ranking and things of that nature. Um, obviously, we picked up a big win against um, West Liberty who ended up being in the NCAA championship game. Um, and then just in our league, we know we're going to place quality opponents. So I think um, – I would say, please, you can always look back and find a game or two you wished it had gone a little differently. Um, but I found out, you know, later in the spring that we were one of only three teams that have made the regional three years in a row out of the region. So um, 
you know, it just shows to how difficult that really is. And um, the fact that we've been there three years in a row, we can't really just take for granted that, okay, this is how this works. Um, it takes um, a lot of a lot of behind-the-scenes effort, and I think it, it's important that our guys understand, um, you know, how locked in and ready we need to be just for these opening games because they, they all count when you get to the end of the season and, and you're trying to get in a regional. Looking further into the offseason, to go along with nine returners for the Chaparral's LCU signed two transfers and four incoming freshmen. Uh, looking at uh, two of the transfers, of course, one of them is Tyrus Morton, a grad student out of Texas A&M International. And the other, of course, is your son, Ethan Duncan, redshirt freshman from Texas Tech. Coach, what did you see in these two when you brought them on board? Well, we recruited Tyrus out of junior college. We knew... Uh that he'd just be a great fit for us. And by the time we had uh, gotten around to to seeing what we needed and, and started recruiting him, he had just committed to international. He hadn't signed, but he had committed, and he just said, Coach, I gave him my word, and I need to keep that and honor that, which I respected, even though I was disappointed. Um, two years later, he's in the portal, and you know we're the first team to call him. And uh, the portal's an interesting thing. I'm sure we've discussed it at some level, and – uh, it gives, it takes away. You just kind of got to manage it and, and look for opportunities that are in there. But um, so Tyrus is high level person, player. I think he fits who we are, and uh, I think he's going to have a standout career at LCU. Obviously, Ethan um, just have, you know, had a front row seat to his journey as his father. Obviously, being a coach, been in the gym with him a ton. He's a, he's an outstanding shooter. Um, he's a hard worker. Um, he loves basketball. He 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 really loves the, his teammates, and uh, he wants to have you know a great basketball experience um, just because of his love and investment in the game. And I, I'm happy that you know he chose LCU and we're able to be a part of that journey together. And um, similarly to to get to watch Ashton play here. You know, not quite in the same chair, but uh, it's it's truly a blessing that, um, you know, I just have to sit back and, and realize, you know, how um, unusual this is for someone to have this, this type of opportunity as a dad, as a coach. So um, I just try to be thankful and enjoy it and, and embrace just uh, how quickly uh, the time will go and just want to look back and see that we maximized it for not just Ethan, but for all the players. As a coach who does have that unique opportunity to coach your own son, is it difficult or uh, maybe easy managing the team dynamic along with getting to, to coach your son? You know, being honest to me, it's difficult because I I, I just want to be as fair as I can be to everyone. And uh, there's there's a lot of <laughs> things that – they don't just fit in a in a nice little cookie cutter way, and you just have to make some hard decisions. So um, that's why I appreciate the fact that Ethan's a hard worker. He's a good teammate, and uh, you know where I don't land exactly on the you know the mark of being fair. I hope that you know there'll be grace allowed for Ethan and for me. And I don't want to swing the pendulum too hard and be extra harsh on him. That's not fair to him, but. Um, I also want him to earn whatever he gets. So I just try to be judicious in how I evaluate. I try to have um, systems in place that just for all, and I've done this for my whole career where I try to remove any bias I have because there are obviously, you know, kids you enjoy coaching and being around and 
they can quote unquote be your favorites or whatever. And, and yeah, really my responsibility is put the best five players on the floor and uh, play the guys that give us the best chance to win. And that, and that's what I want to do. And, and so it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, but at the same time, I welcome it. I'm thankful for it. And, uh, you know, if it was easy, you know, it, it probably wouldn't be as fun to be honest. So just kind of embrace, you know, the challenge of it and, and make sure I'm treating these other guys like I would want someone to treat my son because that's that's an important part of this too. Now, looking at the freshman incoming freshman class, uh, what makes this group overall stand out, and what can we expect from some of these players? Well, I think all four of them are winners. They come from winning programs. They led their high schools to uh, to levels of success that their schools hadn't seen. Uh, starting with Dylan Walker, we recruited him first out of Highland Park. I mean, he played for a high-level coach and uh, with great teammates and in a tough district, probably the toughest district in the state of Texas uh, with Lake Highlands, who won the state championship, had the number one rated player in the country. And uh, so Dylan's played basketball at a high level. He's used to seeing you know college players on the court when he's been on there. Um, Santiago Ochoa, um, a player that we've known from – Several years ago when he was in San Antonio, due to a TAPS rule because he played on the Mexican national team, he wasn't allowed to play on a TAPS school. So he went back to his hometown and played at the NBA Academy in uh, in Mexico. And uh, Santiago has uh, played high-level basketball. He's played in the FIBAs. He's played against the U.S. teams. Uh, he's He's been on the court at a high level. Um, he's He's going to be great. And then um, Reagan Fiddler and Nathaniel Williams are two kids who've, you know, Reagan I've known since he was probably six years old. He came to my camps, um, maybe even before I got to LCU. I'd have to go back and, and try to figure that out. But uh, a great family, great young man. Um, and Reagan is, uh, he's done well. They've both done well, but he's he's probably even surprised, you know, what I thought we'd get out of him. And uh, I think he has a bright future. And then Nathaniel's done well um, coming from Jayton and uh, very coachable. Both kids are great teammates, work hard. Really what you want from, from freshmen to just um, just dig in and work hard and, and be ready for their opportunity whenever that time comes. And, and we've, we've talked about it. it's a grown man's league. And, you know, you're going to have to go through some some bumps and bruises along the journey, but if you can stay the course and keep your mind in the right place, then that's really determines your success down the road. Indeed, two prevalent programs that both Fiedler and uh, Williams come in from, with uh, Fiedler coming in from New Home, who's very good at the 2A level, and then, of course, Staten at the 1A level. I mean, And looking at those guys, uh, do you anticipate any of them making an instant impact impact from the get-go or is it one of those things where you're going to kind of ease into things as the season progresses well the probably the honest answer is i don't know but i would i would suspect that that dylan and santiago um you know they're they're right there on the cusp of the rotation and and uh they've had good practices they've had good scrimmages um we've we've talked with reagan and nathaniel probably about redshirting them but we don't have to make that decision today, so we'll see. Because you just want a kid. I just tell them you're going to be better in four years than you are today, and why not take advantage of those of that when when that time in your life comes? But we'll we'll see what that looks like, and just their experience of of seeing our league. And we've had some great freshmen through the years, but as a general rule, you know, it takes a while for them to develop. But 
you know, that's that's part of the journey for them as well. And just like a good freshman in high school would um, come in and, and maybe hit, see the court, maybe sit behind a junior or senior, and then when his turn comes, step into that role and, and be ready for it. So, so we'll see how that plays out. But um, regardless of the impact on the floor and games, uh, they've already impacted our program and practice. You know, in the classroom, um, the guys are, uh, they're everything that we want in an LCU um, Shap basketball player. I got had the opportunity to watch the Lone Star Conference Media Days and your interview with uh, Sports Information Director Chris Dew, and you made an interesting point in that interview about talking about if you are, are losing great players and then bringing in uh, new players that are having the opportunity to step up and make an impact, then that's probably a mark of a successful uh, program, especially in this league. So how easy or difficult is it to continue to bring in those kind of guys to become key contributors uh, year in and year out? Well, you hope, just like I kind of mentioned with the freshmen, that these guys are kind of in the in the chain and, and ready to move up once their opportunity comes. Um, but at the same time, when a kid like Tyrus or Ethan, Najib from a junior college become available, Kurt, et cetera, um, it just it makes sense to go try to get those guys for your team. So I think it's a good mix of of that. But uh, just to, to your point, when you're losing good players, um, that is a sign that you've had some success. And that's uh, – you don't want to lose bad players. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just – kind of humorous to think about it that way but um you hope that you're losing good players as tough as that is to see a rowan or a russell or through the years parker lloyd you know we could go down the list um you know that journey comes to an end at some point so it's inevitable let's just maximize the time we have with them and then you're always preparing i remember bobby bowden when he coached at florida state they had a run of being in the top five for NCAA football like 25 years and he was like I always coach next year's team this year and he was a young coach I kind of understood like you're always developing and having your your mind is focused on the present but part of part of being successful is is looking for what's next as you're in this journey right now so even if you know we're not expecting this person or this person to play a lot now, we still need to be developing them, and we need to be maximizing the time that we have with them now. Because um, if you waste this day, the next day is just catch up for the day you lost, and you're always chasing that. And so let's don't waste any of those days, regardless of who immediately is impacting us. Because at the end of the day, it's going to all add up, and and at some point we're going to need those guys. So that's kind of in a in a nutshell our approach to that. And I mentioned it that day as well, like Najib has to step up, you know, Tyrus needs to step up, Kurt needs to step up, Aaron needs to step up, you know, all these guys that have played certain type roles and maybe other guys have had a more prominent one, you know, their turn comes and uh, we need to see that next step in their development. And and I think we will, I hope we will. And, uh, you know, we'll find out soon. Coach, in addition to some of those new faces we've talked about, you do return a lot of the valuable minutes you just mentioned, Aaron Gonzalez, Kurt Wegscheider, and then Najib Mohammed, the Lone Star Conference player to watch this year, your point guard. Uh, with the rest of this returning group, who's a player that you envision creating such an impact that you mentioned? And with the familiarity of the team and of this conference, who's the guy you think is going to have an even bigger impact than they might have had in their minutes last year? Well, obviously, Najib, I would hope, would be that that player just because he's a point guard he's an outstanding defender um, he's a capable score shooter he's just so unselfish I mentioned that in that 
that um, interview as well. Um, Aaron is just solid. I mean, he's just steady. He's just dependable. Um, you know pretty much what you're going to get from him every time he steps on the floor. And uh, you appreciate that. And I, Kurt is more than capable. If we can get Kurt, um, you know, just the ball in the right spots. I mean, he's he's very intelligent player. He's like a Draymond Green in terms of maybe a little understized guarding bigger players, but he has a lot of the skills that that you need in a in a player of his position. And uh, you know, obviously Tyrus Ethan. Um, I think Trey Thompson, Kendall Dow, guys that played, uh, Trey redshirted, but Kendall played some as a freshman, went through some of those ups and downs that Brennan mentioned. Um, those guys are, are fully capable of, of getting starter-type minutes and being impactful as well. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but uh, I think, you know, to have a successful team, it's going to take more than one one or two guys. Obviously, you're going to – I'd say every team has a leading score. So we're we're going to need multiple guys stepping up, and I think the more uh, well-rounded our team is, uh, the more insulated we are from an off night. Just because if if a team's focusing on taking one or two of our guys away, then you know we've got enough depth that maybe we can fill in the gaps and and maybe absorb some of those things that that come through the season of a basket you know a basketball team. Well, and another name that is worth mentioning, and hopefully we uh, will definitely have the opportunity to see him in the season, is Ty Caswell. And he no hasn't doubt. played since 2021, but you talk about his story and him battling through injury and rehab and now is hopefully poised to return full strength. Uh, what can you say about the mental fortitude? Because he has stuck it out all this time, and it could have been very easy for him just to clock out. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Ty because he is he's he's as interest, instrumental as anyone on our roster to our success this year. And uh, you know, he's a returner in a sense, but he hasn't seen the floor in a while. Um you're you're right. It it might be a podcast in itself just talking to him about his journey. He has endured um just what looked like a turned ankle turned into two surgeries, turned in a uh, bouts of start and stops of thinking we're there of man I felt something not right again and just to see him day in day out um, I can remember a year and a half ago maybe we were in Las Vegas getting ready to play I mean and he's off to the side in a full lather working as hard as anybody on the court and just in hopes of maybe he can step on the court and then something comes up and he's not able to get back out there so um Man, Ty's had a great off season. We've kind of tried to be smart with how much we put him out there, and uh, you know he was a freshman of the year. He's one of those freshmen I talked about that that had great success. He's a winner, and uh, we get two more years with him. And I just pray uh, that he'll stay healthy and have a great year. He deserves it. That kid, if if you reap what you sow, then he's going to sow a great year because he he deserves it in every sense of the word, and. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, you know, you sit there and root for kids, and uh, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it to, and injuries can be a pretty tough deal. But uh, um, I just admire his uh, moxie, his grit, his intestinal fortitude to just uh, endure day after day and keep showing up when – I mean, that's that's what we talk about even with these freshmen if you're not playing like – that's just what it takes. It's just a mentality. Do you love it enough to go through these hard days? 
And uh, until you're in that moment, you really you think you do, but you really don't know. You kind of find out what what's you're made of. And so, uh, yeah, Ty Ty's a, an incredible example of of all those characteristics you would you would hope to see in an athlete that represents your school. Definitely one of the athletes that we're looking forward to. And yeah, you're right. He's a definitely a guy you want to root for. Now, coach, uh, looking at some other stuff that happened during the offseason, just recently, uh, the Lone Star Conference preseason poll came out. Shaps were selected at fourth in the preseason poll behind WT, Angelo State, and St. Edwards, three very respectable programs in this league. When you see that number, what does that tell you about this league's perception of your team? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I, I I think fourth is is probably where I would, you know, I think that's generous in some ways based on all the people the scoring that we lost in Russ and Rowan, but also think it's a it's complimentary just to the last three years that you mentioned, and and hopefully even longer than that, because um, we've had some NCAA appearances in the you know besides these last three. Um, so I, you know, it's it's great to, and this this conference is so tough, top to bottom. You know, obviously, we know what those other three teams have done, and St. Ed's returns a lot of guys, so I I have them picked pretty highly as well. Um, but the scary part about this league is not just those teams in front of us, but the others that are behind us, because you know when you fill out a list of of ranking every team in our league there might be one or two that it's easy to put at the front cuz you just have seen their success but i mean those other teams you don't you know it could it can change and every, we've seen it the year we were number 1 in the country uh, we we're in battles against teams that finished near the bottom of the conference so there are this top to bottom there's no nights off there's no gimmies, so to speak and uh it just uh, it's a it's it's neat to be recognized as a solid tra- traditionally um, competitive program. Obviously, we want to finish higher than that, um, but also realize if we finish where they picked us, we're probably in the NCAA tournament, which is where you want to be at the end of the season anyway. So the games will get played and and it'll all work itself out anyway. So in some ways, it's it's interesting to look at that, but I don't put a lot of stock in in it one way or the other um, just because I I guess just I'm a coach and I just focus on the the, the practice and the team and today and and getting better today but um, I think to answer your question it's, it's a compliment to our program. Looking at the layout of the schedule it's very similar to last year's far as conference play goes but eight total non-conference games you have a little bit more non-conference games leading up to LSC play compared to last season, but a uh, Lone Star Conference play starts in Oklahoma City on November 30th. The season starts on November 3rd for the D2 CCA tip-off classic. Chaparral's will open that with Lincoln Memorial, but as far as conference goes, it's uh, it's pretty much the same as far as scheduling, just uh, kind of flip home and away, but you still have your division opponents, 14 division games and eight non-division games. Uh, what are your thoughts overall on the schedule this season? Yeah, it's uh, it's just what we we want to see. Every time we play, we try to get the best teams that we can on our schedule. Lincoln Memorial will probably be a top five, top ten team. They were in the Elite Eight last year. And so uh, first game, uh, you know, it's going to test us early. And then, um, you know, going to play Colorado School of Mines and Regis the next weekend, and obviously what what we see night in, night out in the Lone Star, 
Um, they're it's going to test us. And I, I just have always believed, like, if you really want to be a championship-level team, you need to test yourself early um, to find out what you're made of. When you play tough opponents, it exposes where you're weak and need to get better. Um, it can also expose some strengths, like, okay, against a good quality opponent, we were able to still achieve at this level and do this and that. Um, I think it helps you get locked in. And uh, I'm excited about it. You know, it's it's a little unnerving when you look at the schedule. I try not to look too far ahead um, because you just start going, man, there's, there's not a breather in here. Um, but as a competitor, that's really what you want. Like, that's... I just preach that to our guys. Like, if you're a competitor, you're going to love this. You know, it's and uh, it's competition. It's test yourself against the best. That's what brings out your best. And uh, if our team's going to succeed at the level we want to, then it's important that we test ourselves early against these type teams. Looking at that Lincoln Memorial game, what are you looking forward to most in the season opener? Yeah, I just hope that we'll perform like we've performed in practice every day. I've seen what our team is capable of, and uh, hopefully when the lights are a little brighter and the scoreboard's on and popcorn is popping and people are filling in, that uh, we'll perform at the same level. And that's really the the mystery of it all, is you prepare for those moments, but until they come, um, you're just doing your best to be ready. And uh, that's why the experience of some of our guys is important because they've they've been in those situations before, and the past is the best predictor of the future. And uh, those guys have all been winners. They've been successful not only here, wherever else they've been before here. So um, I'm I'm just looking forward to to playing a high level game, getting to play at home, getting to play a little you know earlier than everyone else in that preseason CCA tip off. I mean, I just think it's a real tribute to to our program, to LCU, um, to Lubbock Sports Authority for helping us get that tournament here. There's so many people behind the scenes worked really hard for us to to host such a great event. So I hope the city of Lubbock will come out and support that as well because I think you're going to see some high-level basketball. Our ladies and men both get to play two games in that. So it'll it'll be good basketball in Lubbock. Coach, thank you for your time, and good luck this season. Yeah, it's great to be back with you guys. Absolutely. We can't wait to continue to have our conversations down the road for the LCU Coaches Show. That was head coach Todd Duncan of the Chaparral's men's basketball team. A reminder that the Chaparral start their season, of course, on November 3rd, taking on Lincoln Memorial at 7.30 p.m. and then playing again November 5th against Northern Michigan at 7.30 p.m. with both games at the Rip Griffin Center. And, of course, you can catch those games on the Shap Radio Sports Network, 99.1 FM and shapradio.com. This is the preseason special on the LCU Coaches Show presented by the Shap Radio Sports Network and the LCU Podcast. We're back on the LCU Coaches Show preseason special as we gear up for LCU basketball. We sit down with head coach of the Lady Shaps, Steve Gomez. Coach, it's always a pleasure. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate all y'all. Y'all have had a busy fall already. Absolutely. A lot of soccer games, volleyball. Appreciate what you're doing. Now it's all of a sudden basketball season. Once again, it feels like we are just at the NCAA tournament. Now game week, looking forward to our first tournament of the year at the Rip Griffin Center as well. But we'll talk about that a little later in the show. Coach, you just finished up your 20th year leading the program. So before we look to year 21, how's your offseason been personally? Hopefully you got some rest because it was a little later into the season before play finally stopped, So which is a good thing. Um, and then hopefully you did get some time to relax. 
before gearing up for the next year. Certainly, yeah. And this was last year was one of those seasons that at the end of it, I was almost as energized as I was to begin it because uh, just a really fun team. It's really grew or very, uh, very together. So it ended obviously a little sooner than we wanted, but uh, what a fun, fun season it was. And so it wasn't one that I felt like, man, I have to recover from this. But the off season's always always is enjoyable. We had a great spring last year with those kids, a lot of improvements individually. And so and then through the summer, a lot of basketball camps. But uh, those are, in a way, energizing and fatiguing at the same time. So it's been a, a great, you know, sort of respite over these last number of months. But once school started, we were ready to go. And these girls have had a great few weeks of practice, a great few months of practice so far. Before we go into more of this year, we'll take a look at last year for a moment. LCU fell in the postseason tournament of the Lone Star Conference to a historic performance from Texas women's. But then the next match, they qualify for the NCAA South Central Regional and take on Texas women's once again, getting a victory and then winning another round to get back to the regional championship where they fall in a double overtime heartbreaker to UT Tyler. So that finished off the season 24 and 11 overall. That finish to last season, it was almost a rebuilding year to a lot of people's minds, entering the year having to replace the five starters from the year before. So with how this team finished in the postseason, what does that tell you about that group and how it excites you for the next history with them? Yeah, they're uh, from the very beginning, like this time last year with the five new starters, we were still, there were a lot of unknowns even going into that very first few games. But by the end of the season, we felt like we had matured, grown, gelled very well. And so knowing that this fall, it's not guaranteed just because what we did last year and the same kids are back, nothing's given. But it's a matter of knowing we have uh, we have experience. We have kids that have been in that situation. And they know what it takes. And so their approach has been get better from last spring till now. With the knowledge that, hey, we've been there and done that, we've got to just continue to get better. So I appreciate both the confidence and the humility that they have. So now as you head into this year, you'll be able to enjoy returning nearly the entire team, only losing the one senior in Whitney Cox. So obviously it's a different situation than we were in last year, but what are some of the similarities from last year's preparation that you've noticed as we've getting ready for the games this week? Yeah, you know, just... uh, this group, even last year, they just had a daily joy of coming to the gym to practice. You know, the energy of of every day. We scrimmaged on Monday evening this past week, you know, and then Tuesday we practiced, you know, not more than 12, 15 hours later. And, I mean, they were ready to go, and we had a hard practice. It, it, there's no fatigue that sets in. They just love to play. And so that's been a similarity from last year to now. It's just now they have a little more uh, – experience to to draw from and so coming into these next few weeks you know we get to scrimmage again on sunday and then you're right games are here you know games are right on us and so uh, it's just a it's always an exciting time everything is out before us Uh, but knowing what we've done in the past it sort of gives you a little bit of assurance that well at least we know what we're doing last year going in we weren't sure we even knew what we were doing and so uh we have some kids that have just been consistent and they need to produce every game. 
a lot of familiar faces back on the roster for this year. But one of the changes, of course, is longtime assistant coach Vic Self retiring. And then you bring in Landon as his replacement addition to the coaching staff. So you've been ha- you've been with him for obviously his whole life and now being with him again uh, a while for the coaches and the practices and things like that. Um, as he's gotten familiar with his new role, how have you seen him already been able to impact this team as you get ready for the games? Yeah, it's been... Uh it's been fun the just the youthful energy he brings and the the different ways of looking at he, he gained a lot of experience at tech and so he's not coming with a a bare cupboard i mean he has some tools that he's already developed and just you know similar ages i'm sure sometimes you know now i'm old you know me and coach self are sort of the old people so casey is vital casey wilson and then landon those two really bridge the gap and communicate well with them uh, he's done a good job with the perimeter kids, just challenge them in different ways. Uh, just, there's just a, an, an energy about him. And there's also some skill level that he brings in terms of, of the things they've done at Tech that he can bring and sort of maybe do different here for for us here. In what is his first official season as a member of the coaching staff, has there been any wisdom that you've shared or maybe Coach Self has shared to help him guide through this process and become a better coach each day? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of, Young coaches always, it's okay not to know. So don't, you don't ever want to act like you know if you really don't. And it's also just listen to the kids too. We have some really intelligent kids. I'm still learning from our players. They have a lot of great ideas. And so just having the the humility to always be learning, you know, just keep learning every day and uh, listen. Don't be too quick to talk. Sometimes we like to say so much that people hear what we know. Sometimes it's wise just to listen to what other people know and learn from that. As you return the 10 players from last year, you also add four freshmen to the locker room. So what have you already learned about this group through uh, your time spent with them that will make them valuable pieces to this puzzle? Yeah, tremendous group. These four, you know, I wouldn't say rarely mature, but they each have a, a great spiritual depth to them. So they're a little beyond their years in some things. Uh, at the same time, they they have some independence, which is good coming in as in through a freshman orientation. They sort of all did their own thing, and they've connected on campus. So we want them to be dependent on the team, but also independent in some ways, and that's helpful. And they've sort of done that. They haven't just had to, you know, group together, and so they've spread their wings a little bit. And then on the court, I've just it's been great to see how. Uh, effective they can be. I mean, they each of them, you know, Riley obviously still not playing because of her injury in high school, but uh, you know the other three have stepped right in and haven't missed a beat. Of the rest of the roster, Macy Maddox, Audrey Robertson, and Shaylee Stovall are your three seniors for this year, and they were true freshmen back on the recent national championship team from 2020-2021. So since then, as you've seen them grow into the, the upperclassmen they are now, how have they developed into the players and people they are today? Man, what a I'm telling you, we have such tremendous leadership on this team of daily example, of, of joy, of playing, of effort. Uh, but in, and those kids, even, you know, Macy, her defense has continued to get better. She's such a dynamic offensive player. She can do so many things for us. Shaley has just expanded her game from even last season to this season with her, with her ball handle, with her ability to score around the basket. Uh, you know, Audrey Robertson keeps getting better. I mean, she's, she's just a warrior for us and has just continued to every year find ways to get better. 
And so we're looking forward to getting her back on the court. You know, she had a little bump a few weeks ago in, in her knee, but she's starting to to rehab well. Uh, so that that's what I've loved about those kids. They could have just been satisfied, but they've gotten better. So each of them, in a way, have offensively expanded their game, but also defensively gotten better. Another name worth mentioning, of course, is the reigning Lone Star Conference Player of the Year, Grace Foster. She enters her junior year with the same expectations to repeat in that award here this season. So we've talked a lot in the past about her growth and her development from last season. But with two years of eligibility still left for her, where is there more to grow for Grace? How is her room for improvement even uh, heightened at this point of her career? Yeah, I think we've seen in her also a... a more of a passion on the defensive end. She communicates so well. She does such a good job. She, her mind is is very advanced uh, in in every way in life. I mean, she's just a really wise, intelligent lady. But uh, on the court, she sees things well, so she can tell her teammates what's going on. And offensively, her passing skills, you know, would like to keep, get the ball in her hands a little more to make some more decisions because she passes it really well. And so that's going to be some things we'll do more this year is – run offense through her some as opposed to having the point guards always have the ball. Uh, So, yeah, she has well-rounded her game, scores around the basket, shoots a three, and just continue to get where she can even drive the ball and uh, score off the move. But, yeah, she's really can be a pain for, for defenses. Coach, when you look at this team as a whole and you see what they were able to accomplish last season and see a lot of them return back together as a unit, is there a certain level of pressure to, or is, is there is there a certain pressure to maintain uh, a, that level of success? And if so, h- how do you want to coach your team to handle that? Yeah, yeah, you know, I hope there is pressure. I, you know, people say pressure is a privilege. It means something's expected of you, and so. Uh, you know, I guess what we handle is we just want to have an excellent possession. So if we're in practice here in a little bit, we the, if you just learn to handle the littlest things, then the big things aren't that big a deal. Uh, so what we want to do is just have the pressure self-imposed from our team within and hopefully from coaches to to keep us accountable to just be excellent. If we're going to do a drill, let's do it really, really good. And so the expectations then are if you do that repetitively, things will work out. You know, last year we slowly got better at a lot of little things, and that's why late we were playing really good. So it's a long process. Knowing that, you know, a, a national championship is not the end-all, be-all of, of sports. I mean, everybody thinks it is. But the growth of the team, how we come together, how we handle the tough times, you know, everything's not going to go good. I mean, we can guarantee that already. And so what are we going to do in those moments? That'll be the test of how we end up is how do we handle a struggle? Uh, So we want to do well. We want to have more points at the end of the game than the other team. But we just want to play well. And I think if this team plays well consistently, they can have a, a really, really long season. Now, as we wrap up the off season, you just mentioned having already scrimmaged recently and then dealing with a little bit of injuries before we get things tipped off. Um, what was some of your initial thoughts from that scrimmage with South Plains? And then what is your timetable for the management of the bodies as we get ready to start the year? Yeah, that it's just really encouraging because I mean, South Plains is quality and just really good team. Uh, 
they got size, they've got mobility. You know, they didn't shoot the three as well as they normally would. So, you know, our defense may have appeared to be better than it was, but I thought we did a good job defensively because they had some good size. So I was thankful that we defended consistently, physically well and positionally well. We didn't have a lot of just terrible breakdowns. Uh, and then offensively, it was nice to, it's always good to play someone else and practice your teammates know what you're running. And so it's nice to have the a little element of surprise. So we were able to execute some things and create some points. I just thought everybody played played at a high level and we took up the slack for Audrey not playing in that scrimmage and everybody you know, played a little a little better. So we were able to fill that gap, but it'll sure be great to get her back on the court. The Lady Shaps begin their 2023-24 campaign by competing in the D2CCA Tip-Off Classic, which this year is hosted by LCU. And this is a tournament where the Shaps normally travel to begin the year and compete in the Tip-Off Classic. But what are some of the benefits of now hosting this tournament and getting to have some of that home experience to begin the year? Yeah, it's always wonderful to play here in Lubbock. You know, we have such good support and uh you know, we have a great facility to play in. Uh, so it's not a magic court, but it's it's a good home court to play on. And we have some really good teams coming. So uh, our first game with Union is going to be a, a great challenge. Perennial top 20 team in the, in the country. And the coach, a good friend of mine, I know they're always really good. So it'll be fun to have a Friday, Sunday opportunity to play here and then see a good Adam State team from Colorado the next on Sunday night. So we're not starting in a it, – it's a good tournament to start. Usually we travel to it and play really good national teams. And so uh, it's good to be at home, but it's also not a an easing your way into the season. You know, it's it's a great challenge to start. So we need to be at a high level. So now as the fans pack the Rip Griffin Center for these opening games, what's your excitement level to get back in action? And then what are some messages to Shap Nation to uh, not only come and support uh, the start of the season, but just uh, be there for the rest of the run? Yeah, it's going to be it's fun teams. You know, our men's team, Coach Duncan and those guys are going to be really fun to watch. They've got a, a, a sort of a unique uh, spread the floor attack type team. They're going to be really neat to, to see. And I, I think our girls are fun to watch. I, I, I've told them a couple of times, I just enjoy watching them. I appreciate, I enjoy watching them play. Uh, not all the time, but there's, but most of the time I enjoy their effort, just their the joy they play with. They have fun playing. Uh, and I think they're fun to watch. I mean, again, I, we would love to get people to come in and see, you know, like you're saying, from November 3rd, Friday, all the way to the last Saturday of regular season, Man, let's get in the gym, and who knows? Maybe we can have a regional here this year again. Yeah, we end the regular season again with West Texas A&M, two matches back-to-back with the Lady Buffs. And then, of course, we start this week with the matches against some good competition at the D2 Classic. So a lot to look forward to, but what's one portion of your schedule that you kind of have circled on the calendar as a real pivotal point for your team as you kind of look a little bit towards the uh, rest of the year to come? Yeah, you know, it's it's always the start of conference. Usually, you know, practices are energetic, and then you have a scrimmage, and it's different. And then the first game's a little different. But then when conference starts, it even goes up a little more. So, you know, we're going to go on the road after Thanksgiving to Oklahoma Christian and Fort Smith. So the first conference games are always, hey, we need to make sure we set ourselves up to do well. So that's an important weekend. Uh and then just this first weekend and then going to Colorado the second weekend of playing two good teams up there, you know, regional opponents that 
you know, those are important. Every game has some weight to it. And so uh, we never want to get to where, like, listen to the Rangers, you know, the game seven with the Astros, they just took it as the, a normal game. They just did what they normally did. That's what we want to do. We want to approach practice and game the same and not wait till that game. Then we really got to play. But, you know, there are times that a, a game might have a little more, you know, momentum shift for your season. And so th- those are important times for us. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to the rest of the year and getting things started here very, very soon. So we appreciate you joining the show and uh, providing some wisdom as we get the year started. So thank you again and best of luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Brennan. The Lady Shaps will be in action this weekend starting on November 3rd against Union at 5 p.m. And then that this Sunday, November 5th at 5 p.m. as well against Adams State. Both of them at the Rip Griffin Center, a part of the D2CCA Women's Basketball Tip-Off Classic. That'll do it for us at the LCU Coaches Show. Stay tuned for more content the rest of the way. But this is the LCU Coaches Show presented by the Shap Radio Sports Network and the LCU Podcast on 99.1 Shap Radio. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.